there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. This is Brooke Scheller, the Functional Nutritionist at Integrative Wellness Group. And I'm here today with Dr. Nicole, the functional medicine physician, and we're going to be talking to you a bit about ADD and some of the underlying things that may be causing this and what you can do to help your child or yourself if you're an adult. So we wanted to talk about this because it's a topic I think that is coming up a lot and is uh, it's definitely a, a diagnosis that's thrown around pretty easily these days. And when we were looking up some statistics, we were finding that somewhere around 11% of children is diagnosed um, per year with ADD. And so it's something that is just definitely increasing in prevalence and especially in the environment that we live in these days, we're seeing more things like obesity and toxins in our food system and just poor quality foods in general and questioning about how certain things like that could be affecting us as well. Well, I find that, you know, it's it's interesting too because I think that there's a lot of different research coming out and a lot of, uh, especially functional medicine physicians stepping forward and talking about the correlation with the gastrointestinal system and how it plays a role in the brain um, and how it could be contributing to things like ADD and ADHD. And, um, you know, one of the things that we find that is actually a bigger player in the picture is going to be toxin related, like Brooke mentioned. So things along the lines of herbicides, pesticides, and heavy metals, um, heavy metals including aluminum, arsenic, mercury, barium, these are things that we might not even acknowledge the fact that they could be something we're getting exposed to. I think when, you know, when we were all younger, we heard, oh, lead paint. If you have lead paint, make sure to, you know, get that out of the house and repaint the walls. And we, we might be also hearing about mercury in fish. So they always say avoid it if you're pregnant, etc. But there's really not that much light being shed on the fact that heavy metals are in almost everything we eat and they're extremely abundant in our water um, and they're extremely abundant in even our kitchens and it's everything from the pots and pans that we cook with to the aluminum foil that we wrap our potatoes in when we're making baked potatoes. It is definitely something that we are getting exposed to in excess uh, throughout our lifetime. Yeah, and I think the heavy metals have a little bit of a shock factor. A lot of times when we mention that this could be possibly playing a role, people go, oh my gosh, how would I get that? Or something like arsenic. Oh my gosh, isn't that a poison? You know, has someone been poisoning me? Or how would I get exposed to that? But as Dr. Nicole mentioned, these things are in our water, they're in our air, they're in the foods that we eat, and again, the products and things that we use, and even personal products that we're using. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a matter of taking a, an assessment on your, your general environment, but we want to give you um, some information today about how this could possibly be causing things like ADD, ADHD. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned arsenic as well, because Uh, many people do come up elevated in arsenic. And this is a conversation that I have with a lot of people, especially a lot of parents in reference to their children. 
And uh, arsenic is something that is very high, highly abundant with brown rice and brown rice products. So like brown rice syrup. And if you look at most of your formulas, baby formulas, you will actually find high abundance of brown rice syrup in most of the formulas. So most children are actually getting exposed to, again, these, first of all, food additives in addition to these heavy metals um, at a very, very early age. Well, and another thing that we didn't mention is the possibility of vaccines playing a role in that as well. Yeah, you know, again, this is always such a touchy topic, and we have had or created a, a previous podcast about giving you just more information of different things to consider with vaccination. But um, overall, one of the big things that has shifted in the world of vaccination is they have a lot of people have caught wind of mercury being in vaccines and acknowledging that mercury is is a poison and it is not something that they necessarily want to have um, their kids be injected with. So a lot of the companies have actually started to decrease the levels of mercury in vaccines, but what they have done to compensate is actually more than quadruple the amount of aluminum, which is equally as toxic. So again, this is not to promote anti-vaccination by any means, but this is just to provide you with, with the knowledge of understanding what could potentially be harmful in a vaccine. Um, especially if your child is dealing with um, an extreme case of ADD or ADHD in the first place. Yeah, so let's talk about what the symptoms might be. So the symptoms of, so ADHD is going to stand for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So this is going to be more associated with the kids who are bouncing off the walls, essentially. Um, but they're, they're not only having issues with focus, or maybe having issues with um, school and, and getting good grades, but they're also going to have that level of hyperactivity, which um, they're not always able to control completely. So the ADD on the flip side is going to be more associated with kids that are struggling with concentration, um, abil their ability to focus and pay attention for long periods of time. So these are, it, they're not always going to have necessarily that hyperactivity component to it. One thing I think that's really interesting, and actually a colleague in school of mine had brought this up, and we were talking about some of the psychological disorders and how um, psychiatry is the only branch of medicine where we don't use any specific um, definitive testing or, or lab analysis or blood values to actually define and say, for example, if someone gets a virus or a bacterial infection, we test them and we can see that, that they've been uh, affected by it versus something like ADD or ADHD, which I think is very interesting that we have, you know, maybe a scale with uh, a number system, and if the child or the adult falls within the certain range, then they're then um, categorized as being ADD or ADHD. So I think it's one of those things that um, it's very fluctuate in terms of the, I would say, the spectrum of people that might fall into that. So you may have a, maybe a real mild case of a little bit of uh, focus issues or maybe something that's more extreme where you really have someone bouncing off the walls or the child really, um, you know, kind of being a little bit more out of control. But I think with that being said, what's really interesting is, you know, we don't do any testing for it. So we don't really understand, okay, well, why is, why is this happening? Because there's some type of underlying reason. So with that being said, let's talk about how the metals may be playing a role with that. Yeah. Well, 
I definitely want to dive into the actual, you know, d testing and things that we usually find with people that are suffering with these types of symptoms. But what I find so interesting too is, you know, especially for us living in New Jersey, it's a, it, it, we're always turned on. We always have to be doing something, you know, there's, if you're a child, you're going to school, then you have homework, then you have sports. Um, we live in a world that everybody is constantly on technology. We're pretty much surrounded by Bluetooth at all times. Most of our cars are Bluetooth. Most of our homes surround systems are all Bluetooth and wireless. Um, everybody has a cell phone. If your child doesn't, it chances are two or more people in the car have it, have a cell phone. So we are constantly being overstimulated and most of the younger generations are also driving the right side of their brain because they're constantly stimulating it by using um, video games or most some a lot of their homework is now on computers, different types of softwares and programs. So that is a whole issue in itself that we are creating imbalances in the brain hemispheres because of the overstimulation and the constant use of all of the technology and devices. So the other big player in the balancing of brain hemispheres or just the the health and integrity of the brain in general is these the the thought process of these heavy metals. So we're talking about heavy metals. We mentioned lead, we mentioned arsenic, we mentioned mercury, aluminum. These are neurotoxins. They are toxic to the neurological system of the body, aka the brain. So with that being said, these will play a very big role in how the brain is communicating with each other, meaning both hemispheres. So the example that I found very useful by another practitioner was he talked about the, the Grand Canyon and he said, you know, we have this Grand Canyon, everything moves about its way in a very specific pattern. So we have rivers that flow through it in a specific pattern. We have wind that flows through it in a specific pattern. So if we were to start to dump a bunch of boulders into the Grand Canyon, then essentially everything has to get rerouted. And the water has to learn how to flow in a different way to get where it needs to go. The wind will flow in a different way. And one of the biggest things that we find is that these heavy metals, they actually, in children that are under the age of 18, they will actually affect this cavern that is in between the hemispheres of the brain. So literally just thinking if you were to draw a line straight at the top of the skull, straight from front to back, that is where that cavern is located. So if you think about heavy metals affecting that very specific part of, of the brain, then it's going to almost act like those boulders in the Grand Canyon, and it is gonna cause the brain to work really, really, really hard to communicate with each other because each hemisphere does different things and they have to communicate with each other. So with that being said, it's almost like an obstacle course and the brain is working super hard and one of the interesting things is when you have children, especially children, and I would say adults too, that have ADD or ADHD, a lot of times you find that they want to eat sugar. They crave sugar and you go, oh, I can't give them the sugar because that might make them more hyperactive or it might affect their concentration more so. What's so interesting is your brain dr is driven by glucose, aka sugar. So if your brain is working super hard to send those messages from hemisphere to hemisphere, then it makes perfect sense as to why your child is craving massive amounts of sugar. But the thing is, is if you give your child sugar in the form of fruit, 
that actually can be really beneficial. If you're giving your child candy, which is sugar mixed with fat, not going to benefit the brain in the slightest bit. So I find that these patterns of the ADD, the ADHD, and these cravings for sugar, um, in addition to other underlying um, yeast overgrowths in these children, which kind of goes back to all the research being done on the gut, because they're finding this yeast in the gut is contributing to, AD, to the ADD, but in reality, it's because these kids crave so much sugar, which feeds the yeast in their guts. So it's such an interesting pattern because almost any person that we speak to that has this diagnosis has those symptoms. So if someone's listening and, and either they're suffering or they have a child who has been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, what types of testing would you off the bat recommend for them to have done? So when you're talking about heavy metal testing, there's a couple ways that you can go. We opt to do a hair sample. Um, it's easy. It's very effective. It gives you great results. Um, but we're looking at the hair sample and it's going to measure all of the different heavy metals that we mentioned plus more. Um, the only downfall with the hair sample is if you have an adult or a child that has massive amounts of amalgam fillings, so the silver fillings in their teeth, unfortunately you cannot measure the type of mercury that comes from those fillings, which is classified as inorganic mercury. You could only really measure the levels of mercury that comes from um, external sources like fish as well as um, vaccinations. So that's the only downfall that I would say comes with the hair sample, but there are other avenues that you can go. You can do something called a urine challenge. Um, I don't usually do that with children um, because they have to take a specific supplement that could potentially uh, be hard on their kidneys. Um, and then there is also, uh, there's blood tests that you can do, but the blood tests are not very accurate. Um, and it's the reason being is if you have heavy metals floating around in your blood, you would be pretty ill. So most of the time, the heavy metals will burrow themselves in um, other parts of the body. It could be tissue, it could be organs. So when you actually look at a hair sample, it's giving you more of a reflection of uh, the tissues. Uh, some of the other types of analysis that we would do also is, obviously we wanna just do baseline blood work and we wanna see if there is any level of infections that are happening. Um, you'd be very surprised on different types of viruses as well as even parasite infections that can play a very big role in our neurological function as well. So we always wanna see if that is something that is, is playing a role. Um, definitely looking to see if uh, that person has had mold exposure. Uh, primarily because mold does manifest neurologically as well. Um, and then I would say the last piece of the puzzle is looking at the gut. You know, the point of this podcast is to really have people understand that the gut is, is important, but the heavy metals are more significant when we are talking about ADD and ADHD. So if you're working on, um, you're working with an individual who has different things built up in their gut, you really have to focus on heavy metals first and then you can move into helping them to shed any infections in their gastrointestinal system. That's more of a secondary. So let's give people some at-home ideas that they can do to start reducing their exposure to heavy metals. Um, you know, I, I know that we briefly mentioned things like the vaccinations or some of the cookware at home, but I want people to be able to kind of take an overall assessment of their environment, where they might be being exposed, and then, you know, being able to cut back and seeing if that helps as well. Yeah, that could be a really long conversation. So I'm going to give just kind of my top few 
Um, uh, first and foremost, if uh, you or your child is using antiperspirant, um, I would definitely say switching that for a different alternative. So switching to more of a natural deodorant is really important. Um, so the couple brands that we like is called Native, and we also really love Milk and Honey. So those are both uh, deodorants. Again, they're not antiperspirants. Antiperspirant primarily will have high abundance of aluminum, especially if you use it every day. It's a, it's a very significant exposure. Um, the other one is reducing your amount of aluminum foil use. So if you switch to using more of like a parchment paper, that is going to be a great alternative. And also taking inventory on your kitchen products. So everything from the pots and pans that you're cooking with, as well as even your bake pans. I know for myself, I, uh, I made the switch for my saute pans and my stock pots, and I switched over to a lot of stainless steel. And um, I kind of didn't really think about the fact that most of my bake pans and my cupcake trays and all of that was actually aluminum based. So um, I didn't necessarily throw everything out. I started kind of just lining everything with the parchment paper. But, um, you know, I've slowly started to introduce uh, different alternatives. Like I use actually silicone um, cupcake trays and then also using a lot of Pyrex, so glass, for a lot of the, the baking. Another great option is terracotta, which is more of a clay. So those are, I would say, those are some really ideal things that you can start doing uh, right away. But also, when it comes to some of the other tools that you can use to see if yourself or your child is actually dealing with a heavy metal issue without um, necessarily getting the testing right away, is if you actually start to give your child fruit by itself completely and you give them anywhere between uh, three to four servings, so let's say a serving is a whole banana or a whole apple or a serving is also going to be a cup of berries and you're giving them um, fruit throughout the day but they're eating it by itself, they're not eating it with almond butter, they're not eating it with yogurt, they're not eating it with anything else, and actually giving them about a week and noticing that if their symptoms have reduced. And one last thing I want to mention is water. I think that's a really big one. I think that's a place where people are, are definitely being exposed. And, and maybe even if you're not drinking tap water, you're using something like a Brita filter or a Pure filter. And those are not going to be heavy duty enough to be removing a lot of the heavy metals. Again, these things like arsenic. Another thing that you may be want, wanting to look into is do you have well water? Because well water is also gonna be higher in these different types of metals. Another thing is that we're showering in them and for our children, we're bathing in them. So they're soaking in these waters that we could possibly be absorbing even these types of things through our skin as well. So with that being said, we, we typically recommend something called a Berkey water purification system, and that removes arsenic and, and fluoride and all different types of heavy metals. But even looking into something for your home as well, some type of shower filter or at-home water system, and possibly even getting some testing done to see how necessary that that might be. Yeah, the, the water is something really not to be taken lightly. Um, you know, for those of you listening all over the country or all over the world, you know, us living in New Jersey, it's a it's a very big problem, and it's a really a huge thing that we focus on educating our clients about. And you know, really, no matter where you live, between the pharmaceuticals that get dumped down toilets, um, you know, we have a lot of 
friends that we know of that work in hospitals and that's just kind of the protocol because they don't want excess medications to get you know stolen and sold like out on on the streets so a lot of it is going to be dumped down and getting into our water systems and we're also finding that there is a lot of interactions between the heavy metals, the pharmaceuticals, and the things that we use to clean the water, like the chlorine and ammonia, and it's creating some level of carcinogens, um, which are cancer-causing properties. So the water is really something that, you know, first and foremost is just starting to explore how you can be drinking safer water. We all know that we should drink water, and, you know, we try to really focus on doing that and making sure we're hydrated. But, you know, you could be potentially getting exposed to a, a lot of different things. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the well water as well, just because a lot of our clients, and I, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's specifically just in New Jersey, but uh, a lot of the people that we've recommended for them to get their well water tested have had high abundance of E. coli in their wells. Um, so it's it's really not even heavy metals. There's bacterial problems as well. So it's something to really take into consideration. Well, I'm glad you mentioned all over the country too because there's a lot of areas in the country that are, are doing fracking for oil as well. And that's another big uh, major way that these different types of chemicals and metals can be getting into your water supply. So definitely if you're living in an area where that's of concern, um, you definitely want to take take a look into this and, and get some filtration in the home. And even farm farming um, areas, you know, mm -hmm. the, the farms are using lots of chemicals and pesticides, which will also eventually get into the water system. So, uh, again, the Berkey system is really fantastic. Um, there are other systems out there. It's just, um, you know, you don't want to necessarily be spending too much money before you kind of know if the product is right for you. We do find that the Berkey is just more cost effective than others. So take a look at it online and maybe that could be a, a good starting place. And we'd love to offer you a free 15 minute consultation over the phone if you're listening and um, you may want to ask more questions or, or have us uh, guide you in any way towards the right type of testing for you or your family. And you can head over to integrativewellnessgroup.com to schedule that. We look forward to talking to you soon.